This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Another day, another day in the NFL. March Madness is going on on the court. March Madness is going on in the NFL. It's just no two ways about it. I never think I have seen a March Madness or a March, a month of March in the NFL as crazy and as nuts as the one we've seen this year. And I'm not sure exactly why. But I'm telling you, ever since the Super Bowl, it's like nothing has slowed down at all. Matter of fact, I got a call earlier from someone said, so much for that offseason, right? I guess uh, I guess it's full steam ahead for you, right? I said, it's not only me. It's the entire NFL. Anyone who's covering any team in the league is as busy as they were in January, December, November, as they are right now. I'm telling you, there is absolutely no off-season, and this is what we're here for. Very excited about it. We're back in the home studios. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond Cotton behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q, and man, oh man. Could you believe it? It's almost unbelievable. It really, I mean, really, it almost is. It really almost is. And, of course, it all got started. I mean, it, it was started a couple weeks ago. But it all got started yesterday afternoon, shortly after Unnecessary Roughness was over. And uh, Vinny Bonsignor was handling in the huddle. Of course, we all found out the news about Devontae Parker and that <laughs> Devontae Parker, Devontae Adams. Who the hell's Devontae Parker? He's a basketball player, ain't he? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got so many different names. I'm looking at all these different things going on right now. I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. I'm finding out about his news. I'm looking at contract information. There is so much going on that, hell, I'm confused on the names. But Devontae Adams is now official. The Raiders sent out that uh, that presser a little earlier that uh, Devontae Adams, the trade for him, is now official. So uh, he is a Las Vegas Raider. That's pretty amazing, man. Man, he bought the house here. I, you remember, like, oh, yeah. man, people was like, hey, don't worry about that. People just I like Vegas. I, no, I said that. I'll, I'll be the, hey, look, I'll be the first to say, didn't think too, too, too much about it. Just thought, hey, you know, a guy wants to buy a house in Vegas. Go buy a house in Vegas. And I remember, you remember when we had the uh, watch party over at the M yep. playoff game? I remember somebody told me. They were like, yo, Devontae Adams, he was at my cousin's baby, baby mama like birthday party. It was like second, second, sir related. Yo, man, so he coming to Vegas. I know it. I know it. He said it at that party. Unbelievable. I don't. Should've I can't. Should have been listening. To I brother. can't believe you brought that to the party because now every swinging D that hit this show up or <laughs> sent us a text or sent us a tweet and said, "Oh, he's coming." I know for a fact. There's guys that have put it out there months ago that, "Oh, I guarantee that he's going to be on the way." Easy to say, but did, how much? How many people really believe they knew. that? No, they didn't. All the people. <laughs> no, they didn't. That's why. I, that's why I wasn't freaking out during free agency. <laughs> right. Okay. That's why I didn't care when they went when they weren't right. doing any moves. Man, I'm telling you, I'll tell you, it, it's funny, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we'll t- definitely talk about the front office and what Dave Ziegler's been able to do and Champ Kelly and uh, Josh McDaniels, obviously. But man, uh, that was that was pretty amazing. That was amazing, and, and what a day it was yesterday afternoon. Just you know, t- just having to talk about Devontae Adams and everything that was going on with him, and, and the fact that now he's uh, he's a member of the Silver and Black, and you want to talk about an AFC West that's loaded. It is absolutely loaded, and I'll tell you right now, I don't think there's a there's a, a leader in the clubhouse. I really don't. There isn't because, like, I know we always say you're not winning the Super Bowl in March, 
But a lot of teams are putting themselves in contention right now. Right. But in the AFC West division, I can't say that there's one team that's better than the other. I mean, I really can't. Every team has a right to say that they're the dan- they're, they're the best team in the division. Straight up. Not saying that they are, but every team has a has a way that they could say we're the best. Kansas City could say it because, well, they've won the AFC West for so many years. The Broncos could say it because they feel like they are super upgraded with Russell Wilson and they have a very strong defense. Chargers could say it because they have Justin Herbert. Very strong defense. I mean, you know, they, 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 I mean, we all know how close they were to the playoffs last year. And the Raiders could say it. They could say it as well. They got a defense that is improving. You know, it was good last year, but I feel like it's improving and I think they're still going to add pieces to it. They have Derek Carr, who's very solid, very solid. And he's got the number one weapon for the first time in his NFL career, a real true number one weapon. I have no problem saying that. Michael Crabtree was nice. Amari Cooper was nice. Devontae Adams is better. One of the best in the game. Right. Right, and, and he's the best that Derek Carr's had, period, in this league. Promise you. Oh, no, that's, I, think, I feel like if anyone wants to debate that, stop it. No, it'll just be Andre Holmes fans. <laughs> why always bring up Andre Holmes? I can't do Let me take that back. Someone Right now, Andre Holmes is like, whoa, why did I catch a slug? I tried hard. Exactly. He did. He did. He, he gave a, a lot of effort, but that's the guy that people always hit me up. Oh, man, he was, he was great. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But every team in this division has the right to say they're the best team. I mean, really, I think it's that close. And that's what's going to make it so much fun. So as I thought that that was the only conversation that we were going to have today, then all of a sudden the news about Deshaun Watson and where he was going to go. And there's so many sides to this story, DeMond, so many sides. Like I have so many different emotions about this Deshaun Watson situation. But we heard yesterday that Cleveland was out of it. They've been told they're not, that Deshaun Watson is not going to Cleveland. Carolina has been told they're not going to the Panthers. It's down to Atlanta. It's down to New Orleans. Going to take the weekend off to think about it. I was like, yes, take a weekend off of Deshaun Watson talk. Hell yeah, let's go. Only to find out, Cleveland it is. Hey, that's, if you ever thought that money don't talk, that's proof right there. Cleveland made him it is. He couldn't refuse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Could you refuse this? Five years, $230 million, fully guaranteed. Woo! By the way, just in case he gets suspended, this is a note from me and Rappaport. If he does get suspended, which I do believe he will, he has a base salary of $1 million this upcoming season, which means his suspension money will come out of that $1 million. So if his base was higher, it'd be a certain percentage of every game check would be higher. So his game checks aren't going to be that high. I mean, it's still way more money than we'll ever make. But point is, they structured that in a, in a, in a way where even if he lost every penny of his base salary this year, it's only a million dollars. Only a million dollars. He just got guaranteed 230 of them things. He can't keep getting away with this. How does he just keep winning? It lets you know that if you could play, and you could play at a high level, and I hate to say this because it's going to sound real bad, you could almost get away with anything. That's just what it is. Oh, you're not wrong. The NFL is. I'm not. It's not the NFL's fault. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. Kind of is. Yes, but the league is saying the teams involved, the owners, they're saying, "Hey, man, we're going to make it work." Because oh, there are yeah. probably a couple of teams that we didn't hear about that maybe you know tried to kick the tires a little bit to see if he if he would want to come to their team. If you could play, and you could play at a high level, and you could make a team better, a lot of things are forgotten about. It's just simple as that. I'm not hating on the dude. I don't. I don't know this. I, I, I mean, because I, I wasn't there. 
I don't know the situation. I don't know how it shook out, but I know that at some point it's no longer them. It's you. You know what I mean? At a certain point. Yeah. So I'm not just going to be like, oh, there's 22 liars out there. I'm not going to do that. And again, not going to go and, and and try to rehash it and all open it all up. But now you want to talk about the AFC being a dog. Now the Cleveland Browns have Deshaun Watson. I think this will be more for next year than it will be this year. I fully expect him to get at least six games suspension, at least. And if you get six games suspension, I mean, I'm not going to say you're out of it at that point. But you're in a bad situation if you lose, I don't know, three or four of those games. You're in a bad situation. I don't know. They might have the best backup quarterback in the league with Baker Mayfield. He ain't going to be no backup. He's <laughs> he's on his way out. He's uh, He already wrote a letter and everything saying that he don't want to be in Cleveland no more. He didn't necessarily use those words, but he might as well. And I'm glad you said that. We're going to get back to that in just a quick second. I do want to tell you the guest that we have coming up on the show. We have at 2.30, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. He'll join us. We uh, Originally, I booked him on Wednesday. Originally had him to join the show to talk about the Raiders defense and talk about Chandler Jones and you know how it how how that defense has improved from what Unique Ngakwe brought and and that's not a slight to Unique Ngakwe cuz he was he was a hell of a player but Chandler Jones is better. Exactly, one of the best in the game. He when brings Trent Williams a, said yes. he's the best pass rusher right. that he's faced. This is basically the best left tackle in the game. Right. Giving exactly. him the props that he's the best that he's faced. Right. So now we're not only going to talk Chandler Jones and defense, but now we're going to talk about Devontae Adams and the offense. And how that changes. How does Devontae Adams make Darren Waller better? How does he make Hunter Renfro better? How does he make Derek Carr better? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different elements. How does he help Josh Jacobs? Because he does. He plays a factor in all that. He's more than just a guy who's going to catch the ball, run with the ball, and score touchdowns. Oh, by the way, that red zone issues that the Raiders are so notorious at Guess who's a master in the red zone when it comes to getting touchdown passes? Devontae Adams. Just going to say. Just throwing it out there. He's got, what, like 24 red zone touchdowns the last two years or something like that? Something stupid like that? Man, it just seems like the Raiders have cured all their problems from the past offseason, from I mean, the past season. Which, which goes to show you that if you have the right people in place with the right plan, you can get things done. It doesn't take three, four, five years to get right. You can get it right. And now, hey, look, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and company came in with the playoff team. They made some moves. They let some people go, but they had a plan. And the plan is coming together on paper. Now, look, I've said it so many times. You don't win divisions, Super Bowls, or games in March. But, boy, you sure can feel good about the team, the way that they're putting things together. You could do that in March. Exactly. like Because I know people, it's like, be excited about this. Yeah, yeah, it's okay to be excited. It's exactly. okay. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, you see the Richmond Spiders win. They, they advance in the tournament. And... The multiple coaches that I talked to yesterday, uh, I talked to multiple coaches that that had upsets in, in the first round. And every one of them, I said, hey, so you got a game on Saturday. What do you think? And they said, hey, I think we're going to enjoy this win tonight. And we'll worry about that team on Saturday. On Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if you are Maybe like, Friday. Yeah. If you're like, hey, man, we we upset. And now you got to play, like, let's say the number one seed or right, something. Right. Hey, man. We're going we to enjoy this. this. So Raider Nation, enjoy it. Like Demon said, enjoy it. Enjoy what's going on right now because that front office, they've got a plan. So Ted Nguyen is going to join us at 2.30 just to break down some film on the offensive side of things and the defensive side of things. At 3 o'clock, we got Edgar Berlanga. Uh, he's fighting Stephen Rolls on Saturday night. We had a fighter yesterday. We're going to have a fighter today. So at 3 o'clock, you'll hear from Edgar Berlanga. Had an opportunity to catch up with him to talk about the fight that's coming up uh, on Saturday night against Stephen Rolls. And he's been on the show before. He's a lot of fun to talk to, so you'll hear a couple minutes with him. Then at 3.15... 
Our guy, Peter Bukowski, he returns to the show from Locked On Packers. Uh, he's been on this show multiple times. I've, I've talked to him, literally, this will be the third time I've talked to him in about 24 hours. I mean, really, I talked to him. I did, I did a radio show yesterday on ESPN National, and I, I, I talked to him about, you know, the Deshaun Watson, or not Deshaun Watson, the uh, Devontae Adams thing, situation, and the trade to, to, to the Raiders. I talked to him then, talked to him following the show, little, uh, little podcast hit, and we're going to talk to him again. Now that it's about 24 hours later and it's really kind of sunk in. So we'll talk to Peter Bukowski. He's also a guy that joined the show and we had talked about what if the Raiders tried to make a move for Devontae Adams and he had given out all kind of different scenarios of, okay, we'll take this much draft capital, this much draft capital, a one and a two in 2022. It's nothing. They got a steal. They really did. I know they gave Devontae Adams a lot of money. He was going to get that anyway. Exactly. A one and a two and you're done with it. That's fantastic. David Carr tweeted out the, um, you know, he quote tweeted. It was just nothing but the laugh emoji, like 17 laugh emojis because the Raiders should be laughing. Like that's all it took. Right. No, they, 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 uh, man, they, they are, they are good to go. They're good to go. That was a hell of a, a, a trade that they were able to pull off. And, and let's just put it like this. And I know that these are not the same type players or even the same position, but the Texans are getting for Deshaun Watson and a 2024 fifth round pick. That's what. That's what uh, that's what Cleveland's getting. Deshaun Watson and a 2024 fifth-round pick. In return for that, they're getting, the Texans, that is, a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2023 third-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, a 2024 fourth-round pick. They're getting all those picks for Deshaun Watson and a 2024 fifth-round pick. They're getting all that draft capital. And look, we've seen, if you don't do nothing with it, it don't matter how many you can go up to bat 18 times. If you strike out 18 times, then you're still over. But if you hit on three of those guys or four of those guys, or hell, you get lucky and you run the table and you get all five, great. And you're set up for a long time. But that the chances of that happening aren't very good. But for a guy that wasn't going to play for them again ever, they got, they, they, they got a haul in return, and now they don't have to worry about their name being associated with Deshaun Watson. True, they're coming out like winners, but I would love to know the behind the scenes who had the best package actually. I know we'll never know, but I would love for somebody for an office to be like, he didn't want to come here, but we offered five first. <laughs> we gave him, we offered this, we offered three players. He just didn't want to come here. Right. Well, we won't. You're right. We'll never know that. But we do know who's coming up on the show. Ted Nguyen, Edgar Berlanga, and also Peter Bukowski. Uh, that is going to be the guest that we have. And, of course, we're going to hear from you throughout the course of the show. 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. So let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, there's a couple layers to this opening drive that we have today. One, because of the Deshaun Watson news, and we know that now Baker Mayfield at some point is going to get traded from Cleveland, and he went on Twitter and he put out this big old book and saying how much I love Cleveland, but we don't know what the future holds me and the wife and what, well, you know, whatever. The hardworking people of Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. You know what I, exactly what I've said. Don't do, you know, you don't go on social media and put out, put out your, do your dirty laundry. If you, you feel like it's dirty laundry or you feel like someone's doing you wrong, you go to who you think's doing you wrong. So if Baker Mayfield had not, uh, a problem with Cleveland going and trying to get Deshaun Watson. He should have gone to the front office and said, Hey man, I'm the guy. I've been here for the last four years. I can get it done. You don't 
Watson. And if they didn't listen and they still went out and attempted to get him, fine. Go out there with a chip on your shoulder, play your tail off, and, and prove to them why Deshaun Watson was not needed. Real quick, Baker Mayfield, I know you're not listening, but don't play hurt. That's, I'm not saying that players don't play hurt, but at the end of the day, you can go out there, you can basically have your arm in a sling to try to go out there and win for the team. But look how he did it, though. That's another thing. I'm, uh, you know, you brought that up. That's cool. He also, when they tried to tell him, hey, man, you're hurt. We'll go ahead and sit you down, take care of it. No, 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 I want to play. And then he played, and then he got to the end of the season when he didn't have nothing to play for anymore except for those guys in the locker room. He's like, nah, I'm going to sit this one out. You know what I mean? So it's like, just you might as well finish the job. Finish the job off. Not that it's going to make a whole lot of difference, and it was nothing to play for, but if you're going to gut it out, gut it out the whole way. You know, so that, but that's just that's a side note. But I'm so glad that the issues that we talk about here, and look, there's, there, last year was a hell of a year. Don't get me wrong. You look at the quarterback of the Raiders, regardless how you feel about him. He ain't on social media crying that the organization is doing him wrong because John Gruden's talking to Tom Brady or talking about another quarterback or flirting with another quarterback or going to see Kyler Murray when he's coming out of the draft. You know what I mean? Like, how much times did you hear, did we hear over the last few years, oh, John Gruden's interested in this quarterback. Oh, they're going to go try to get this quarterback. Oh, they're going to try to upgrade that position. How many times could Carr have gone out there and been like, all right, damn it, I'm tired of this. Now, I know he wouldn't have, but how many times could he have? Plenty of times. He could have gone out on Twitter and, and gone on this big old long thing and put his first name and his middle name. And you know it's serious when your middle name's out there. That's when you know trouble. Trouble's lurking. The only thing that he's ever addressed, and I think it's funny because I'm thinking that he's telling that story as a joke as well. First day here, the paper's got Tom Brady on it. Oh. First day funny. here opens up the paper, and they're talking about, are the Raiders going to get Tom Brady? And he's joking about it, but he's not letting it get to him. Right. And if he, and if he did let it get to him, he didn't show that's the biggest thing. You can let anything get to you. I, there's things that bother me all the time that I just never address. Or if I do, it's not it's not in the public. And then there are times that, you know, you just go ahead and blast somebody on the radio. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> but no, I just, I, you know, just like I said, just a side note to, to the opening drive. I'm just glad that the issues that go on, and again, there was plenty of issues that went on this past year. But when you look at the quarterback position, the dude is a leader. You know what I mean? Like, they just got Devontae Adams. You don't think Devontae Adams got a little tired of the shenanigans going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers? You don't think he got a little tired of being put on hold? Oh, we're not going to drag this out only to drag things out and delay what he had going? You don't think that that played a little bit of factor in Devontae Adams choosing the Raiders over Green Bay? I think that's the biggest factor because there were even reports that the Packers offered him more money. Right. That's what I'm saying. So Derek Carr doesn't give you that drama. He's not doing any kind of Deshaun Watson-type drama. And he's not acting like a child like Baker Mayfield to the point where someone in the organization says, we want an adult in the room. Like, can you imagine that? Could you imagine if all of a sudden it came out like Vinny came on the radio later and was like, well, the Raiders are, they're okay with Derek Carr's play. They just want to, they just want an adult in the room. How does that sound? I'm not going to lie. It makes Baker Mayfield sound like a child. Sound like a child. And if I was Baker, I'd be hurt a little bit. Well, well not, I know it's, it's, his, it's his behavior. Not if, not if that's who he is. Not if that's who he is. You also heard the same things about Kyler Murray. Yeah. And I'm not going to not gonna lie. I can, I can see that from Kyler. Kyler ain't never lost on no level. You know what I mean? Like, Kyler has always been at the top of his game. He's basically been able to do anything he's wanted. I guess in the NFL, it's a little different ballgame. You know? That's one of the reasons I didn't think he was going to be a quarterback, even though he's always been a winner on every level. And he's gone out and shown that he could play. But it's a different ballgame in the NFL than it was at Allen High School. Or Texas A.
or Oklahoma. And really, at Texas A&M, I saw some of his little pouting and childish ways and having his dad talk to the media. That was there. That was there. I witnessed it. I saw it. He went to Oklahoma, balled out in, on, on the baseball diamond, football field, did a good job. I'm just saying, man, you look back at the, the leadership of Derek Carr, what he was able to do last season and get them through that tumultuous season that they had. You got to give the dude credit. I mean, again, you've got to give the dude credit. And right now, he could, if he really wanted to be, at the organization, pounding the table. Like, How come I don't have my contract extension? I'm in the last year of my deal with no guaranteed money. Where's my money? Could be. Instead, he's greeting, he's greeting his old college teammate. Talk about welcome home. Hasn't made a peep about, hey, not, the not money's publicly. Flying. Yeah, not, and not publicly, and that's fine. That's, that's how you handle business. I don't care if he is hitting them up like, hey, guys, am I up next or whatever like that. I don't care if his agent's doing that. We don't know about it. We're not hearing that. That's the beauty of it. We're not hearing, well, Derek Carr might not come to training camp because, well, until that contract gets taken care of, we're not hearing that. Thinking about retiring. Right. Think about going to host Jeopardy. <laughs> And he could do other things. We know that. Hell, if Derek Carr wanted to go preach, he could. He could right now be like, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm going to go preach. And, 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 and make a good living with doing it. And be probably comfortable with it. But you don't, hear, you don't hear those threats to the organization. I had to look it up. Dallas is the middle name. Sign, Derek Dallas Carr. <laughs> <laughs> the hardworking people in Las Vegas, There's- you've been good to me, but the organization hasn't. Right. Signed, Derek Dallas Carr. There's no reason I know that Baker's middle name is Reagan. There should be no reason I know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I should know his middle name. I don't need to know that. But I know it because it got serious. It got real. And there's another franchise quarterback that his team went after the Sean Watson. Matt Ryan. Haven't heard a peep from him. Exactly. Knows how to handle business. Hell, he had a $7 million bonus that was supposed to be guaranteed today. You know what he did? All right, we'll push it back to Tuesday. Let them make a decision. Atlanta thought Deshaun was coming. They thought, and, and, and Matt Ryan looked like he was on the first thing smoking out of there. Who knew where he was going to go? Instead, he stayed in the cut. He didn't put out nothing on social media about Atlanta. It's been real, but you deserve I mean, he didn't do any <laughs> of that. And think about what he had to go clean up. Think about the mess he cleaned up when he got there at Atlanta. What mess was there before him? And if you guys don't remember, uh, he was the first quarterback after Michael Vick. Exactly. He could have said all kind of stuff. Wait, you're going to try to replace me? Me? What what homegirl say? Me? <laughs> I need to I need to find her so she can do a drop for us. <laughs> Just say it, man. I mean, I don't have to sing Derek Carr's praises, but I'll tell you I could appreciate the dude he is and that the fact that the issues that go on off the field, what happened with Ruggs, what happened with Arnett, what happens with others, ain't that guy. Ain't that guy who's the leader of the, of the team. And now he's got a hell of a weapon to play with. Hell of a weapon. And also, going back to Derek Carr, just to be able to speak on it. Every time, like front and center, after a game, every Wednesday, his weekly press conference. Right. Answering all those questions, all those tough questions that didn't have anything to do with him personally. But, you know, standing up there, answering questions, sticking up for his teammates, offering support, compassion, and all these tough situations, I think that that, that did raise his stock, in my opinion. Yeah. 
East Bay Raider Gray said, Deshaun Watson going to get sick of Amari disappearing in games and seasons. I'm interested to see how this whole thing works out, really, in, in Cleveland. I haven't, I'm not convinced at all that that's going to be a good dynamic. I really don't. I'm not convinced at all. I don't think Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, Ohio, is going to want to be out there balling. I just don't see it. Don't think he's going to be the one want to be the guy that's out there on the shores of Lake Erie throwing the rock around. The, I just don't see it. Now, I know it's not the wintertime all the time, but still. This dude's been playing. This been, dude's been playing in a dome his whole career, right? Yeah, man. What we seen from his history, he'll sign that big extension, and then he'll ask for a trade. <laughs> Mailman Raider Max said, "Q, you telling me Mayfield has three last names for a name? <laughs> Baker, <laughs> Reagan, and Mayfield. You damn right." <laughs> oh man, I do have a show topic that I want to throw out there to you, and I know we got Ted to win from the Athletic coming up in just a minute. So as we go to break, I want to throw this question out there. Now that the Raiders have Devontae Adams in the mix, they've already added Chandler Jones. You heard him right here on this very show. The coaching staff, all guys that are well respected. And you see the moves that the front office is making. What are you feeling right now about the Raiders' chances? Not only the AFC West, I I hate to put rankings out in March, but how are you feeling about the Raiders? Not just in the AFC West, but the AFC in general. How do you think that the Raiders stack up? Let me know about it. 225 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got hit up on the Salmon Ash text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. And that's the way you can hit us up at any point of the show. If you got something to say, you got a question you want us to ask one of our guests, again, 69187. Keyword is RNR. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton and your boy Q. Got this text. Q going off. Must be a red polo day. Demond, I ask you, what color shirt am I wearing today? He got on the red polo, y'all. <laughs> it's bad that people know me too well. I could tell by the tone in his voice. He got a red polo on today. You are spot on, my man. Spot on. It is a red polo day. And, uh, hey, man, just happy to have our next guest because he's going to break it down like it's a red polo day for him as well. That's my guy, Ted Nguyen for The Athletic. Great at breaking down uh, film on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. And, Ted, thank you so much for your time. And when I reached out a couple days ago, I just wanted to talk defense. Now, Devontae Adams is a member of the Raiders, so I want to talk both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And let's start with Devontae. When you see him and you see what he's able to do on the field, what do you think and how do you think Josh McDaniels gets the most out of his abilities? Yeah, first is it's my green sweat day, so it's like that's, <laughs> that's my equivalent of your uh, your red polo. Nice, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I, I think you know with Adams, he's so scheme versatile um, that you know I, I don't think that uh, what. McDaniel's would, you know, I don't think McDaniel's going to use him too differently than what he was doing at Green Bay. I think we'll see more um, RPOs, um, which isn't usual in McDaniel's offense. But uh, you know, when you have somebody that's that dynamic as Adams is, especially with the ball in his hand, uh, I think he'll add a little more RPOs. Um, there, there were RPOs where, uh, you know, and when I'm talking about run pass options, where there would be no blocker, you know, in Green Bay, they would just throw him the ball. If there's off coverage and to let him uh, try to mix up the cornerback to get some extra yardage that way, um, he was great on quick slants. 
but the main thing is just building a chemistry with Derek Carr, and obviously they played together at Fresno State, uh, but the pros is a different game, um, and obviously Adams believes that he could build that same type of chemistry that he had, had with Aaron Rodgers uh, with Derek Carr, where they you know wouldn't even have to give each other much communication. When they saw a certain coverage, they could change um, the route to a totally different route or play to a different play just by looking at each other. Uh, so the main thing is that they build that sort of uh, chemistry with each other uh, in a pros, then uh, Devontae Adams can continue to be uh, productive. But I, I think the main area where Adams is going to help out the Raiders is in a red zone. Mm-hmm. The Raiders were 29th in red zone efficiency, killed them in the playoff game, and Adams is just uncoverable when it comes to press coverage. And that's the area of the field where they're going to play press coverage on him. He's in a red zone. And if they decide to double him, he can still beat those doubles, and it you know it'll take attention away from Hunter Renfro, who's proven to be effective in the red zone. Darren Waller. Um, so I think in that area of the field, Adams is going to help the offense the most. You know, you mentioned how he's un- unstoppable when it comes to the you know the press coverage, and he's going to get off of that. Is that, in your opinion, from what you're seeing on film, is that because of what he does as far as his footwork at the line of scrimmage? Yeah, I think it's footwork, and and I think one trait that doesn't get talked about a lot when it comes to wide receivers is deceptive body language. And, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but can you sell to the defender that you're moving left when you want to move right? Not all the guys can, and I think that's one of the big traits that you see see with Adams, and I think uh, Raider Nation will see exactly what I'm talking about when they watch those close-ups of Devontae Adams getting off guys. It's just how much he sells which way he's going when he wants to go the other way. Uh, so that deceptive body language is useful, obviously, against press coverage. It's useful when he, he runs the routes. It's useful uh, when he's juking guys. And, and you'll see what I mean when you, when you, you guys get a close-up look of Devontae Adams. He's so deceptive. Right there, uh, Ted saying that basically Devontae Adams could sell salt to a slug. That's that's what he's saying. Yep. Sell salt to a slug, and that's okay. Hey, I like it. If he could do that, that's that's awesome. I mean, we see what Hunter Renfro is able to do with getting guys off balance by the way he, he runs his routes and the, the extra steps he takes. So when it comes to helping other guys even improve their games, do you think Devontae Adams' presence helps out Darren Waller or Josh Jacobs? Who, who, does, it, who does he help out more without even touching the ball? Uh, I, I mean, both of those guys. I mean, it's hard to say who helps out more because he's just going to command more double teams. Um, Matt Harmon from Yahoo Sports, he tracks these double teams, and Adams was by far um, the most double-teamed receiver uh, last season. And it, it's kind of it, it's impressive when you, you, know, you know how much he gets the ball. That means he's beating double teams a lot and getting double-teamed a lot. But in that Green Bay offense, really – after him, there's really nobody. I mean, there's Alan Lazard, there's uh, MBS. You know, not a lot of big names on that Green Bay offense besides him and two running backs. Uh, but when you look at this Raider offense, if he's getting double teamed, you don't have to force the ball to him because you have guys like Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller who are going to be able to get open. So, you know, I, I don't think Adams can get those ridiculous target numbers that he got in Green Bay because he was really the only guy there. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean that he's going to be effective. I mean, he's still going to get huge target numbers, over 110, 120 targets, but he's not going to get those 160 targets or whatever because he doesn't need them uh, with an offense that have other talented guys that he had open as well. 
Talking right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic, talking all things uh, Raiders offense and how it pertains to Devontae Adams. And I wanted to ask you about Derek Carr because we've seen different versions of Derek Carr. I felt like when Cooper and Crabtree were there, you saw him kind of stretch the field a little bit more. Then with John Gruden, kind of saw him get a little bit more reserved. and He started to open it up a little bit with Ruggs. How does Derek Carr change his approach to the game now that he has his running buddy in Devontae Adams? Well, actually, uh, Derek Carr has been the most aggressive he ever has been in the last two years, even with lesser weapons than um, he had he had with um, Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. His, his yards per attempt was actually really low with those guys. Uh, but in the last couple of years, he's been pushing the ball downfield, and um, I think he's gotten he's become a better quarterback in the last two years. Even though his stats don't reflect it, you know, 2016 is when he had his big touchdown totals. But I think. In the last couple of years, with a bad offensive line and uh, bad uh, or just lesser weapons, he, he's improved as a quarterback. He, he's really improved his aggression. I think he's gotten better at um, out-of-structure play. You know, I don't think that'll ever be a specialty, but he, he's really um, gotten better at creating when nothing's there. And, you know, that some notable plays he's made in that Colts game where um, things weren't there, he was able to break the pocket mm-hmm. and find Hunter Renfro. Um, so I think he's a better quarterback. I, I just think that... Um, he, the stats haven't reflected that quite yet, but now he has the weaponry uh, to kind of um, get those those better numbers. I mean, obviously, you know, there's still some question marks with the offensive line, but you know, I think it would be very disappointing if, if this year Carr didn't get over 30 touchdown passes. All right, Ted. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball with with the Raiders bringing in Chandler Jones. How big of an upgrade is that from Unique Ngakwe? Because can you put it in perspective how much of a monster he is when he comes to rushing the passer? Yeah, I mean, I think Ngakwe is a very good borderline elite guy. But when you're talking about Chandler Jones, you're talking about a bona fide elite blue chip pass rusher. And he, he's been productive every year he's been in, in the league. So, um, you know, Ngakwe was good. You know, I think he came in and he uh, brought some leadership and he helped um, – Crosby, but he really faded down the stretch, um, and the Raiders really needed him against the Bengals, um, especially with Crosby getting so much attention, and um, he, he really just didn't step up, so I think Chandler Jones is a big upgrade, and I think if you give him one-on-ones, uh, he, he's going to take advantage uh, more times than not, so um, I think you know with Chandler Jones, you really have uh, a, a top three uh, pass rush duo. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, Unique said that they were going to be the top one when they had when they got him last year. But he I did do fade, think, though. He did fade, like Ted said. He did fade. Yeah. No, but I do think with Chandler yeah. Jones, because, like, he's just a different animal. But part of that Unique trade was getting Rocky Asin back from the Colts. Have you watched any film on him? Can you tell us what kind of a corner he is? Um, I haven't seen him as much last year. I always thought he was a better zone corner than he was a man corner because uh, coming out of college, I just thought he had some um, – you know, ball skill issues, ball location issues, even though he was a very physical guy in press coverage. Uh, I just thought he was better in zone with his quick twitch and ability to break on the ball. Uh, but last year, uh, PFF actually rated him uh, fifth in man coverage. Um, and I don't always, you know, just blindly subscribe to PFF grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's something that will make me want to take a look at him again in man coverage, see how he played. Uh, obviously, the sample size of man coverage isn't huge with the Colts. They were mostly a zone team. Uh, so I'll take another look, you know, but I, I think um, based on some of the signings they've made and they're still going after Stephon Gilmore, uh, I think Patrick Graham does want to play more man coverage than he did with the Giants, and he was kind of forced to play more zone because he doesn't have the talent there. Uh, but obviously, you know, coming from that New England scheme, that 
Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores' team. Uh, he wants to play more man coverage and be more aggressive. Talking all things Raiders right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. I wanted to ask you about Bilal Nichols. He's a guy that hasn't gotten a lot, lot of love. His name kind of got lost in the shuffle with uh, Chandler Jones and obviously Devontae Adams. Kind of nobody's really talking about him, but he comes over from the Bears. He's a defensive tackle. With that addition, you know you got Chandler Jones. You know you have Max Crosby. Does this to you feel more of the, hey, this is definitely going to be a 3-4 leaning scheme? Yeah, uh, I think so. And I think Bilal Nichols is one of those underrated signings that uh, you know doesn't get a ton of attention, but I think he could be uh, really impactful in this uh, Raiders team. I think he, he, you know, one year he was a borderline star. So, um, you know, he doesn't need to be in this role. But uh, you know, you notice a big difference in the interior guys they're signing this year um, rather than last year. They're looking for guys that can shoot gaps that are a little smaller. Uh, but this year they're looking for guys that can control gap and play a gap in half and, um, you know, are a little bit stronger and stouter inside. What do you think that the Raiders need? When you look at that that team, you mentioned they're still kind of looking at Stephon Gilmore. I don't know what his price tag is looking like right now, but just looking at that defense, kind of knowing what Patrick Graham wants to do, where do you think the next area of improvement is defensively? I think they need a safety really bad. Um, you know, they uh, are going to play more too high coverages and, uh, I just don't think Jonathan Abram is fit to do that. You know, I think he improved last year as a box safety. Um, but, you know, I just don't think that he's a guy that you want to play deep too often. Um, so I really think they need to add another safety. You know, maybe uh, Gillespie. I can't pronounce his name right now. Um, the rookie last year. Oh, Gillespie, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gillespie. Um, I think he could do it too, but uh, you know, he just doesn't, didn't have much experience last year. And, you know, we can't really judge him based off his small sample size. Uh, so, you know, I think they needed to maybe add a safety that could play a little more too high. And, um, you know, they don't have the money for the Honey Badger anymore. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how they address that issue. But that's a huge need for the Raider defense right now. Do you see Jonathan Abram having a role on this defense? Yeah, you know, I think he could find a role. I mean, I think he um, could play um, box safety in certain situations. You know, like I said, you just don't want to drop him too deep. In too deep too often, you know, maybe they move him to linebacker too, uh, kind of like Keanu Neal um, in mm-hmm. with the Dallas Cowboys last yep. season. Yep. Um, so, so I think there, there's a role for him. I just, like I said, I just don't think it's a smart idea to say this is the guy that we're going to play too high with and we're going to drop back, you know, keep him deep. All right, Ted, I remember you had a tweet talking about your Hawaiian bakery. So are you <laughs> out there baking? Are you also breaking down film and baking? What's going on there? Uh, no, no. I'm, so I'm just a part owner of the. Uh, it's called Ono Big House in Berkeley. I'm just a part owner. Nice. Um, you know, yeah. It, it, one of my uh, friends was the chef that started the bakery, and she's amazing. Um, and I always loved the uh, treat. So when I had a chance to buy in, I, I bought in, and um, yeah, it, it's pretty great. So come out and have have some treats, and you know, we can talk some football when uh, you guys are out there. Hey, hey, Ted. You know, I went to Berkeley, right? Oh, I didn't know that. No, no, I mean, I didn't go and actually, like, enroll in the school. I went and hung out at the school. I went and hung out at Blondie's. I went and hung out at Tower Records. I hung out in Berkeley. I guess that's what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come out. We're, we're on Martin Luther, so you, you should know where that is. Yes. Yeah, is that near – are you near the, the BART station? Uh, it, it's near the Trader Joe's there. Okay. Um, I don't – yeah, I don't know exactly where the uh, the BART station is, but um, it, it could be. I, I – I, 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm blanking on where the, the park station is right now. I got you. It's over there near uh, Berkeley High. It's over there near, uh, yeah, near Berkeley High. So I, I got you. I know, I know the general vicinity over there. When, <laughs> when I get out there, man, I'm definitely gonna uh, come check you guys out. You got anything else for Ted? All right, Ted, hey Ted, fantastic stuff. What do you got coming out on the athletic that we need to be on the lookout for, or even your YouTube page or channel? Uh, well, I'm writing an article about the Raiders um, free agent signings and trade acquisitions right now. So. Uh, that should be out on, on Monday, so be a lookout for that. We will. Hey, Ted, have a great weekend, man. Thanks for joining us on this Friday in your green sweat. So I know it's a good, powerful day for you. We appreciate <laughs> you, brother. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he goes. Ted Nguyen right there from The Athletic on Twitter, at FB underscore film analysis. And you like how I slid that in there, right? You didn't know I got to Berkeley? Yeah. <laughs> I did, though. As was God, you one of the dudes who would even have a backpack? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I had the whole thing, dog. Yeah, my, my best friend, Erica Zamora, she went to uh, Daniel's Daniel's uh, sister. You met Daniel at the uh, Rockstar when he was here in town. Uh, anyway, you don't remember. Yep. Anyway, he was <laughs> he was here in town. A lot of folks remember Daniel, but you don't. That's okay. You were too busy getting your celebrity on. You're out there taking pictures, signing autographs, kissing babies, all that good stuff. But no, so she went to Berkeley, right? So she used to always hit me up. It was like, hey, when are you going to come down and, and check us out? I was like, oh, man, I'll come down. I ain't got nothing else going on. You know, so I'll go, I'll go check it out. So she would have me like a, a, a Cal Berkeley hoodie. And so I took my backpack. I walked, I was, I, mean, I was checking out girls, you know, I was walking around looking like I went to schools, hoping that someone thought I was like an athlete or something. Ah. <laughs> I just walk around my backpack on, I'd walk around, I'd walk to Blondie's, get that big old piece of pizza, I'd go over there to Tower. That's when Tower was the spot, man. We used to go and check out all the records. They had the downstairs, used to get those exclusives downstairs before you can get them. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to make that trip to, to Berkeley. Man, this is the oldest thing I've ever heard. What? You ain't never, you don't know the beauty of going to a record store? I mean, they had CDs and tapes and all that. Yeah, other but I mean, this is. You don't is, know the beauty of going to the store like that? Oh, never, you're, you're never, so, you're so, un, you're so deprived. Never have I ever. Oh my gosh. The new Bless album you. just dropped. I got to go get the CD. Bless you. I've never stood in line for an album. You never were at like, uh, <laughs> you never remember like Tupac Tuesdays at the warehouse or whatever? Or? What? No. Oh man, I'm so sorry, dog. We used to stand out. You know how you, you know how you stand out line for Jordans for Jays to drop. Yeah, that that's understandable. We used to stand out when like Pac was dropping or the Dog Pound was dropping or Snoop was dropping something new. We'd be outside of, of Tower or the warehouse waiting, waiting. You know, Rasputin's. That, con- that concept is so foreign to me. Oh my gosh, I want to give you a hug. Of, if they dude, sell out of this album, I want to give you it. a hug, but it's 2022 and someone might take it wrong, so I don't want to do that. iTunes doesn't sell out. My oh, Apple Music, wow. it's there forever. Oh, you have no idea how how much of a, a that's a that's a work of art. My CD skipping. <laughs> that's a you don't even have CDs. No, uh, the last CD I bought was the Watch the Throne album, Jay Z Kanye. <sighs> that was the last CD that I bought. Wow, two forty six is the time. There's a lot to think about there, Raider Nation. Holler at us, man. Let us know what's up. What do you think about the Raiders now? How do they stack up? Not only in the AFC West. Let's feel good on a Friday, man. Let's get a little froggy on this Friday. Now, how, 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 how do they stand up in the AFC West? But how do you think that they stack up in the AFC? Holler at your boys. 246, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Trying to tell you, man, we, we take it back around here sometimes. Sometimes we go off script around here. That's why I love radio. 
It's kind of just do what you do. You never know what one conversation is going to lead to. You asking about Ted's spot in, in Berkeley all of a sudden brought up all kind of memories. First time I went to visit my dad in Berkeley, I got off the BART train and I went, I, I was supposed to go right and I went left. Boy, I was lost and scared like a mug. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you were literally. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was like, I'm lost. Thought this was a metaphor. I was supposed to go. No. No, no. I was literally supposed to go right and I went left. It was all bad. I, I want to say after about an hour and a half of wandering around, and I can't call my mom because she already worried about me. You know, my baby's out there by himself and everything. So I can't call her, make her nervous. And she's listening right now like, ooh, I'm going to get you later. Anyway, I can't do that. So I'm just kind of wandering. I ain't got, we don't have cell phones. Exactly. I have barely enough change to, you know, make a call from a pay phone. And once that one call don't go through, then what? So you start getting that look in your eye where you don't want to look like you're scared because if you're scared, then they're going to know you're scared, right? Glad I was in Berkeley. But <laughs> no, seriously. If, they, if you get that look in your eye that you're scared, then they'll think that you're scared. So you kind of get that look in your eye that you're confused. Confusion confuses other people. If you look confused, they don't know if you're confused because you're crazy or you're confused because you're just lost. So I made it. Eventually, my dad can't pick me up, but it was all good. How did he find you? I don't have any idea. I just think that I told him I wasn't far from the house. And I wasn't. I was like five minutes away from the house. I just went the wrong way. It wasn't far. But enough about me. 702-365-9200. I know we got a lot of folks waiting on the line right now. Who we got up next? Juan Smasher. Juan, welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's going on? Man, I'm blessed. How are you doing? Man, I feel the same way, bro. Hey, I've been pounding for the table for uh, Adams, and we finally got him. I cannot believe it. I was in Sam's Club when I found that out. I'm over here like, looking like a fool, yelling Raiders. I can care less. Because, man, we finally got him. And I, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. We're going all the way, Q. I don't care what nobody says. Nobody can't change my mind. We're going all the way. Yes, sir. We got weapons all over the place. And all you car haters, you know what's up. Hey, what's cracking now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Raiders! I love it. I love it. I don't even have to co-sign on that. I love it, man. I love the energy. Who's up next? Appreciate you, Juan. Who's up next? Jason right here in Vegas. Jason in the 702. What's up, man? What up, guys? Uh, hey, man, I'll be the first one to say I'm even crow about saying I didn't think we would be able to afford Devontae, man. I'm, but I'm happy as can be. Uh, man, you know, I, was, I, was, I was at home just listening, and I heard Demon drop it, man, like he was a reporter, man. I was like, yeah, man, Demon had to come in, man. That was awesome. Uh, but, uh, hey, Q. Uh, I still buy CDs, man. I might want to be be one of the few young cats that still buy CDs, man. Last CD I bought was J. Cole and Kid Cudi's CD, man. So, nice, you know, nice. So Respect. People, you know, they, yeah, hey, I remember, I remember, and they still don't have these in the malls out here in Vegas. Back in the day when I was growing up, they used to have uh, the little CD stores and the DVD stores there, so you used to be able to go in there and listen to music. And, you know, I used to just spend hours inside of there, but now, you know, that's, that's long gone now. Everything's all uh, streaming, but, uh, man. Cannot be any happier about Devontae. Cannot be any happier about what I think what we're going to do. I, I believe, I hope, I hope we can take the West. Uh, if we don't take the West, I don't see how we can't get in as a wild card, man. I, I don't, I can't uh, anybody I, else can stop us. Honestly, Jason, there might be three, there might be three uh, teams that make it out of the AFC West in the playoffs for all we know. I mean, the AFC West is going to be loaded. Dude, it's, it's insane. I, I mean, talk about the best division in football. I mean, who, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you have all this in one division, man? It's, it, it's, it's going to be like cutthroat every weekend with these guys, man. I, I I cannot wait for this season. This season cannot come any faster 
I'm excited for the draft. Can't wait to see at the practice facilities and everything that I am. Juice, let's go Raiders. All right. Hey. There he goes. Hey, thank you, Twilight, for the call, man. We do appreciate you. Keep the party going, man. I like it. Who's up next? Who's up next? Big Jose in San Jose. Welcome from the 408. What's up, dog? What's up, bro? I'm cruising down the I-5. I'm out here in my ultimate driving machine, blacked out, just hitting the road, just putting uh, the, the autumn wind as a Raider on loop, bro, until you guys came on. You know what I mean? That's how we're feeling today. I got you. You know, but you brought back some memories. You left out Leopold's records. Remember Leopold's oh, records? Oh, shout, Le- shout out to Leopold's, baby. Yes. Right there, Telegraph in Berkeley, man. Yep. That's where we used to go get vinyl. I remember I remember when um, I was a senior <laughs> in high school, we stood out in front of um, uh, in front of the Tower Records to get tickets for um, Digital Underground. Yep, yep. With Tupac at Digital Underground. Summer, we used to go to Summer I Jam. See. Remember Summer Jam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real bad. We used to wait for tickets for yes. shows. Remember, not just records. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Hey, that's good. But, hey, that's what's up right there. Hey. You know what I mean? Yes. Hey, thank you for the call, Doc. You know what? He brought up Summer Jam. That was the best two-day concert event that ever went on that KMEO used to put on. Summer Jam was the get-down, boy. That's where I was really introduced to Keisha Cole, and I fell in love for multiple reasons. Her voice is angelic, she's a hood rat, and she does it well. (laughs) Had like fifth row seats. And I that s- second one was not a compliment. No, it was at the time. It was. I was a I was a hip hop to the to the to the eighteenth level. So yeah. Keisha Cole kept it all the way hood, and that was when it was like, cool, I was keeping it real. You know, now it's like, hey man, I gotta chill out. <laughs> chill out, Q. <laughs> Let's get one more call in, man, before we get to the next hour. Matter of fact, we gotta call Erica. I'm gonna try to get Erica on the phone. Uh, in the next hour, we're going to try to start the next show or the next hour off with Erica. She's going to see that number calling and be like, I ain't answering this phone. I don't know nobody. But we're going to try to call her during the commercial break. But who we got up next real quick? Let's get Raider Convert in here real quick. Raider Convert, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, man, boy, this is exciting. Uh, in the immortal words of, uh, uh, I know it's a bad uh, bad name around here, uh, Antonio Brown, business is booming, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But hey, I, I uh, you know, I hate to throw a wet blanket on this, but boy, you know, some teams are really playing games with these voidable years, yeah, uh, and really playing games with the salary cap. Yep, um, the the league's got to do something about that. Look at the Saints, man. The games they've played, they've knocked off like a hundred million dollars from their salary cap with voidable years. They, they, you know, they if you look at their salary cap the next couple years, they really if they cut some players, they got huge dead cap money hits. So. You know, hey, I'm excited and all, but boy, I'm I'm a little wearisome of these big contracts being thrown around with all these guaranteed uh, salaries and the voidable years tacked on to make it all squeeze in and fit under the cap. Hey, thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. You know, it's funny uh, that that's why the, look the league don't care. That honestly, they don't care. They want they want these teams to do that, they, and that's why we always say, and that's why I've been trying to pound it home that the salary cap is what you make it. If you want it to be a a, a reason why you can't do something. You'll make it a reason why you can't. It's like an excuse. A salary cap is an excuse. You can either make it or you can overcome it. Every team in the league knows how to overcome it. The question is, do they want to overcome it? Because real quick, the Saints, they started the offseason 70, 60 million right. above the cap. Now they're about 20 million under. Right, exactly. Make and, it make sense. And ain't released nobody. <laughs> 
259 is the time. Great call, my man. I do appreciate you. Coming up next, we're going to kick off hour number two. Edgar Berlanga. You're going to hear the conversation I had with him talking all things his Saturday night fight with Stephen Rolls. Then we'll hear from Peter Bukowski. Before we do all that, though, we're going to try to get Erica on the phone and talk about her days at Berkeley. That's coming up all next here on Red Nation Radio 920.